Amen. I am a child of God. What a declaration of faith and of hope today uh, that we have been able to declare and uh, sing here in the presence of the Lord. Uh, There's, like I said, only a a dozen of us here, but we could feel the presence of the Lord, and I was able to uh, uh, check out uh, the sound and what it was looking like online, and I think you guys did a great job. Uh, So, it's not a lot of people here that can applaud, but at home, can you give them a, a hand for uh, their service this morning, coming in, blessing the Lord, and blessing every one of you. Uh, we're so glad and grateful for a team that could come in. And I want to just say a special thanks to uh, uh, Jeff Chisholm and his daughter, Celeste, who have come in here and uh, set all this up for us. And you can't see her, but Celeste is running the camera right now, and she's doing an amazing job. And she's uh, turning a little bit red right now as I'm talking about her. Uh, although it's hard for me to really see because I have my reading glasses on. So when I'm looking at her, she's a little blurry right now. But uh, up close, I, I can see well at a distance with these things on. It's a little blurry. Well, we want to thank you for tuning in with us today and uh, thanking the team for uh, the announcements, the information they brought forth. Uh, I want to encourage you again, as Barry shared with you, to join together across the nation this coming Saturday in prayer so that we can see by the power of God Uh, uh, not just an end to the virus and the pandemic, but God's presence in the midst of it. God's people rising to the occasion and doing tremendous things in the presence of the Lord in the midst of difficult circumstances. And so we want to encourage you to join together in prayer so that we uh, release the presence of God and his Holy Spirit in the nation like never before. And uh, we see some tremendous fruit from what is uh, coming out of this situation today. I want to start off by reading for you this morning a text, one of my favorite verses in the scripture, and it's found in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, and it says, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God that is in you through the power or the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know, when faced with a challenge or a crisis or a a potential enemy, there are always three different ways that you can react. And we talked about this last Tuesday in our staff meeting. We are talking about how when life squeezes us, when we hear something like this virus or wars or crises that are upon us, that we can either be reactive or we can be responsive or we can be proactive. To be reactive is what we saw in the last couple of weeks as the pandemic was officially announced by the World Health Organization. What happens uh, when people are reactive is that they go to grocery stores and they begin to hoard things. They begin to uh, respond in fear. They begin to allow greed and the more basic natures of humanity to come to the surface. And they start buying things and reselling them for a profit and doing all manner of of things which heightens the level of fear and heightens the uh, anxiety for most people across the nation. The result was empty shelves and grocery stores, and one of the most bizarre side effects was no toilet paper to be found anywhere. Uh, The byproduct of a pandemic, no toilet paper. Not sure still what that was about, but uh, thankfully you can go to the grocery store now and you can get toilet paper. But that's what happens when we are reactive, when we respond in the flesh, when we we, uh, react to something uh, with a, what we used to call a knee-jerk reaction. It's uh, it's what happens. Fear begins to spread faster than the virus. 
Well, then we can also, though, be responsive. And when we're responsive rather than reactive, progress begins to manifest. Uh, our nation responded finally to the virus and to the spread of it and, and made public announcements about, uh, you know, uh, public distancing and different things like that. And, and they began to actually shut down different venues and, uh, you know, like churches, theaters, and different places, hence why we're meeting like this today. And stores, thankfully, began to uh, tell people you can only take two of this or two of that so that there's enough for everybody to go around so that we can continue to function day to day. And these are all excellent measures that are aimed at uh, limiting the spread of the virus and can be very helpful uh, in these times to bring an end to the spread of it and an end to this crisis. However, there is a third way that you can respond to a difficult situation or a crisis. Rather than being reactive or responsive, you can be proactive. What does that look like with respect to a pandemic? Well, I'm not an authority on this situation for sure, but I was reading last night about the nation of Taiwan. Uh, Taiwan was deeply hit with the uh, SARS epidemic when it happened uh, over a decade ago. And uh, what happened there was, was devastating, and so they learned from that, and this time they were proactive. As soon as news of the uh, coronavirus came out, the nation of Taiwan began to put into production uh, you know, masks. They began to create uh, dividers for students at school. They created uh, an excess of hand sanitizer. And in Taiwan, they're still going to work, still going to school, still able to do those things, but they have measures in place that, uh, that they were prepared for that we're not prepared for. They were proactive, and the result is way less disruption of their lives than we're experiencing here because we were not as ready for the situation as the nation of Taiwan was. So I can assure you that uh, after this current uh, pandemic has passed, that we'll be more prepared to be proactive the next time something of this nature comes along. But you know, the focus of my message today is really not on the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, but is rather a call for us in our journey in Christ to be neither uh, reactive nor responsive, but to be proactive spiritually, to be proactive spiritually. How do we do that? Well, we do that by cultivating a spiritual life daily that outstrips the power and the significance of anything that can take place in the temporal realm. We need to daily cultivate a life with Christ that we are proactively building ourselves up in our spirit so that we are able to withstand in the day of evil. No matter what comes, no matter what comes to us, we have proactively built ourselves up and we're able to stand in faith and in power in that moment no matter what it is. And uh, that is what Paul was trying to encourage Timothy to do. Paul was giving him a message about being proactive. That's why he said, I remind you, Timothy, to stir up the gift that is where? Already within you. It's already inside us. And so Paul was telling Timothy to stir this thing up that is in you already. In other words, be proactive, Timothy. Take charge of this situation. Stir it up because God didn't give you that spirit of fear, but he gave you a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know, when Paul wrote this letter to Timothy, it was a very difficult time for the early church. Uh, Nero's insanity had caused him to persecute the church in ways which could, were almost inhuman. He thought of ways to 
to destroy the church and, and kill the followers of Christ that were very macabre and very cruel and very gruesome. Uh, Timothy became the pastor of the church in Ephesus at a very young age and under the rule of Nero. Uh, Timothy was pastoring the church in Ephesus. Most scholars agree that he was probably no more than 16 or 17 at the most when he took over the leadership of that church. Paul saw something in Timothy that he called out and he empowered him and ordained him to take over the church in Ephesus. Timothy was leading that church when that first letter of Paul to Timothy was written, and uh, he'd only been pastoring the church about a year when Paul had to remind him and say, don't let anybody look down upon you because of your youth, Timothy. But he said, instead, be an example to, uh, to the believers in life and in speech. And now here we have, only a couple years later, Paul writing to Timothy once again in 2 Timothy, and uh, uh, Timothy's still a young man probably less than 20 years of age at the time of Paul writing our text here this morning. Timothy knew that Nero's secret police would take special pleasure in killing him as the head of the church in Ephesus and do it in some barbaric way if they ever laid hands on him. So it's possible that young Timothy, less than 20 years of age, uh, considered the threat against his life and a spirit of fear tried to grab a hold of Timothy. That's why Paul reminded him that God didn't give you that spirit of fear, Timothy. It wasn't from the Lord, but instead God gave you a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Paul was instructing the young pastor to defeat the spirit of fear, which was not from God, by proactively stirring up the gifts in his life, which would produce power and love and soundness of mind. I think that's fantastic counsel for you and I today, don't you? that we stir up that which is in us through the laying on of hands, the, the commissioning of brothers and sisters upon our lives and praying for us and believing for God's best, that we stir those gifts up, gifts of healing, gifts of love, gifts of, of administration, gifts of, of, of giving and, and, and gifts of helping, and we stir those gifts up because we recognize that we have the power and the love and the soundness of mind to carry those things out. Well, let's look at those three uh, forces that are in operation in our life. The first one was power. We have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power. We need to be reminded that you and I, we are powerful people. You're a powerful person. God has made you a powerful person. In the midst of, of difficulty and strife, you have been made a powerful, powerful person. And uh, you may feel powerless right now. Uh, physical distancing adds to that sense of powerlessness. You may feel uh, that you are a powerless person, but today, hear me, you are powerful. You are powerful. You're a powerful being. You're a powerful son or daughter of God with a powerful opportunity in front of you right now to be his strength, to be his arm, to be his light shining in the darkness. You'll notice that I didn't say we're practicing uh, that we are, I said that we are practicing physical distancing, not social distancing, by the way. That's because there is no such thing as social distancing amongst God's people. Amen? In the midst of crisis, we, the people of power, are coming together like never before, 
We may not be able to, to walk together uh, physically, but we can walk together in the spirit. We can socially connect, and we're using the weapons at our disposal of the internet, of social media, of texting and, and telephoning. You, you do realize, young people under 30, you can phone someone on your phone. You don't have to just text. You can actually talk to them. It's an amazing breakthrough. Uh, we're doing FaceTime, audio, FaceTime, video. There are so many ways that you can use uh, what's available to us today to be the most social people uh, that walk the planet. And we are going to spread uh, hope everywhere we go. Uh, in the midst of the crisis, let that power come out of you uh, like never before. Use every means at your disposal to spread hope. Uh, there's never been a better time, as Barry and I would love to tell people, there's never been a better time for you to be a dealer in hopium than today. You can spread that thing around liberally, and guess what? It's completely free. So you can spread it around and speak hope into people everywhere you go. In fact, there's never been a more important time to let uh, the power of the Holy Spirit work through you. We have power of Holy Spirit. We have power of prayer. We have the power of miracles. We have the power of prophecy. We have the power of God. We have power over fear. Amen? The second thing that we have is, Paul reminds Timothy, is not just the power but of love. Uh, the second spiritual fruit that we have is of love. And we need to be proactive with love. You know, I witnessed in the last few weeks some people doing some pretty nasty things. Uh, you know, people getting in fights over basic household items and parking lots. And the police responding to some very bizarre antics by people uh, as this whole virus started to unfold in our nation. But I've also witnessed some amazing acts of kindness and love as people have found ways to reach out to others with the love of God. And it has uh, absolutely blessed my heart to see people using the opportunity to spread love. Love is truly a greater force than fear. It is a supplanter of fear. That means that love gets in, it undermines fear and fear's authority and uproots it and displaces it. That's what love does. It displaces it. John declared this when he wrote in his first letter in chapter 4. He said, there is no fear in love, but for perfect love casts out, it supplants fear. Because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Did you catch that this morning? There is no fear in love. None. There's no fear in love. Because perfect love casts out, it supplants, it uproots and undermines Amen? That's what perfect love does. John also pointed out two other things in that verse, though. He said, fear involves torment. You know, uh, fear is a relentless torturer. Fear will get a hold of your heart if you let it, and it will cause you to lose more sleep and to be more upset and do more damage to you physically, emotionally, and in every way than an actual virus can do. Uh, if allowed to run rampant in our culture and our society, fear will by far be the worst thing about this pandemic, far outstripping the power of the virus itself. Fear is a tormentor, and we need to shut its mouth because fear does not have the right to speak in our midst. And then John also said, he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Now, that's a strong statement. I want you to understand something today. I don't believe that John was saying that it's 
it's uh, wrong to have a fearful thought, but to recognize that uh, it's how we respond, how we react, how we, we treat uh, the condition of fear when it comes to us that is really what John's talking about. It's natural for us to experience fearful feelings. It's how we respond to that fear that me- is a, measures who we are as a people and whether we're walking in perfect love or not. Uh, John Wayne, my, one of my favorite movie heroes, said it so aptly. He said this. He said, courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is being scared to death but saddling up anyway. And, you know, you need to understand how true a statement that is. It isn't that we won't experience fear as children of God, but rather that when fear comes and we experience that fear, we respond instead in love. We do not allow fear to rule the day, but instead we stand up, we saddle up, and we go about the business of the kingdom of God in spite of what fear is saying. Finally, Paul told us to respond with a sound mind, to understand that that soundness of mind is ours rather than the spirit of fear. You know, I want to direct your attention to the to the Greek word, uh, words that are used to make up sound mind. The, the phrase that is used in Greek is uh, sophroneo, sophroneo. And it's a compound of two words, sozo and phroneo. The Greek word sozo means to be saved or delivered. It suggests something that's rescued, revived, salvaged, protected, and is now safe and secure. One scholar even suggests the word sozo could actually depict a person who was on the verge of death, but then revived and resuscitated because new life was breathed into them. The second word, phroneo, carries the idea of a person's intelligence or their total frame of thinking. It refers to every part of the human mind, including all the processes that are engaged in making the mind function and come to conclusions. When you put those two words together, you get sophroneo, which pictures a mind or a thought life that has been delivered, rescued, revived, salvaged, and protected, and is now safe and secure. A thought life that is saved, that is delivered by God. This means that if you're tempted with fear, as Timothy was, that uh, through your spirit, your mind, your rationale, your logic, your emotions can be shielded from the illogical, absurd, ridiculous, unfounded, and crazy thoughts that try to grip your mind in fear. All you have to do is recognize that through God's word, uh, that he is not the architect of your fear, but he has given you instead power and love and a sound mind, peace in the midst of the storm. Peace in the midst of the storm. Amen? I just want to conclude my thoughts by getting you to do something with me, a little interactive stuff here today, if we could. I think it's important that we... Don't just be passive listeners of the word the Bible says, but what? Doers also. So we're going to do a little doing today uh, via uh, the internet. Um, We are going to actually make some declarations today that are going to send fear packing up and running in the opposite direction. Because of his spirit, uh, I have power. Say this with me this morning. I am not powerless I am powerful. Say this with me. I am a child of God. I am powerful. 
Say this with me. I am a son or a daughter of God. I am powerful. Amen. We are powerful. Because of his spirit, I have perfect love. Say this with me this morning. I am not afraid his perfect love casts out all fear. Say this with me. I will not be afraid his perfect love casts out all fear. I will not be afraid his perfect love casts out all fear. All fear. Say it again. All fear. Because of his spirit, I have a sound mind. Say this with me this morning. He has delivered me, therefore my mind is at peace. He has delivered me, therefore my mind is at peace. Say this with me. He has protected me, therefore my mind is at peace. He has protected me, therefore my mind is at peace. And say this with me. He will lead me through, therefore my mind is at peace. He will lead me through, therefore my mind is at peace. You know, thankfully, we can stir up the spirit within us and we can walk in power and love and soundness of mind today because of what Christ has done for us. This is not you and I going through some kind of a mental exercise to try and psych ourselves up. No, 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 we're not doing this in the flesh. We're doing it by the spirit of God which has been deposited on the inside of every one of you. And you're answering the call to stir it up and to recognize that you have power, you have love, and you have soundness of mind in the midst of this crisis. Amen? Uh, I don't know. My wife walked up here. Did you have a word that you wanted to add today, dear? See, I knew she did. This is called teamwork, working together. And by the way, we're allowed to sit really close to each other because... We're close to each other all day long at home. So uh, we don't have to practice any kind of physical distancing. Praise the Lord for that. Uh, go ahead, dear. <laughs> um, I, I want to share a personal story. There's, there's power in our, in our stories. And um, uh, my friends and, and our congregation would know this for the most part already. But in uh, 1995... To 1997, I dealt with, um, I walked through some deep depression. And I won't go into details as to why or what, what all transpired in that time. Uh, but bottom line was, I, uh, I began to practice and take authority over my mind through the word of God. So these were the steps I took. And I was having panic attacks in the night. I was dealing with tremendous fear. And um, I didn't do the medical route of medication. And please, please, please hear me. I'm not saying for those of you who have gone that route to not go that route. This is just what I personally did is I was accountable to my doctor and to my husband. And together I went through steps. And I, if I woke up in the night with a panic attack, I literally, I had some scriptures Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is just, whatever is a, a good report, think on these things. In Philippians, it talks about that. It talks about, um, in another verse, about taking every thought captive. And for me, um, I couldn't, um, I can't right now, just knowing how I'm wired, I don't watch a lot of the reports. I have some basic information. I know what I need to know. But 
I limit the amount of access in what I'll watch in the reports that are going on right now because I want to keep my mind in a good place. I want to be healthy and whole. Uh, worship music. I encourage you. Um, there's Bethel. If, if some of you aren't familiar, there's uh, Bethel music uh, out of Redding, California. Carrie Job, uh, Amanda Cook. Um, so who many. Am I forget? There's so many. Corey Ashbury. So Corey many. Ashbury. Like, there's so many. Put on some good music. Change the atmosphere in your home. Take authority. Mm -hmm in your homes mm -hmm. and begin to take practical steps um, in ways to protect your mind. We can focus on the germs, but, but your mind, protecting your mind. And the authority of God's word, I will tell you, incredible. Amen. Absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. And over the um, two, cor two years, I, everything then shifted. And people who know me now will say, you struggled with depression? They find it very hard to believe. And it was really taking the authority, the word of God, just soaking myself mm -hmm. in worship and just just believing the reports of the Lord rather than all the negative reports around me. Uh, so I'm not saying don't take things seriously. Definitely you need to fo follow protocol um, and be aware and be mindful of what you're doing. But, but in the midst of it, in the midst of it all, God is God. God is God. Lean into the Lord. Amen. Lean into him in this Amen. season. And, and I think you will be amazed that as you look back, that this is going to be a transforming time in your lives, a time when things shift in your relationships, a time when things will shift in how you do everyday life and your priorities are beginning to shift. So I just declare the goodness of God and the wisdom of God over your lives. Mm -hmm. That is an example of what we're talking about, about being proactive in the midst of this situation. Taking authority over the circumstances, being proactive, guarding your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. I encourage you this week to do that, to exercise power, to exercise love and soundness of mind by taking Christ at his word and stirring up those things within you so that you can combat the climate of fear that is around you today. Can I just pray with everybody today? Would we just ask God to help us uh, this coming week? And until we gather together next week, uh, you can check in every day of the week. We're going to have a word of encouragement up on uh, Facebook for you. Uh, we want to continue to pastor and speak into you at every turn that we can. But let's pray together right now. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you today and we look to you as the author and the finisher of our faith. You are the one who holds each and every one of us in the very palm of your hand. Therefore, I will not be afraid. The scripture talks to us all the time about not uh, being afraid, about instead having hope, having peace, having uh, this, this sense of God's presence in the midst of any situation. And today we tap into that in Jesus' name. We uh, today as a body of Christ are responding to Paul's words to Timothy and we are responding by stirring up the gifts that are in us uh, and we are stirring them up because we recognize that the fear is not from you but instead you have given us power over that fear, love in the midst of that fear and soundness of mind to bring peace to us in every situation.
Father, I pray for our church family as they go about their week, that they will seize upon every opportunity that they have to be a blessing to somebody, whether it's through social media or through a phone call uh, or whether it's uh, running some errands for somebody who is incapable of doing that that's either under quarantine or is practicing uh, you know, separation because they're vulnerable. We are there to serve them. We thank you for the opportunity and the privilege, Lord, of being your sons and daughters, being deliverers of hope and peace in the midst of a climate of fear. Thank you, God, for this privilege today. Thank you, God, for what you have put in each and every one of us as believers. We have the, uh, the authority over this spirit today uh, because we have power, we have love, and we have soundness of mind. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today. We give you praise, and we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, we look forward to seeing you again next Sunday at 10 o'clock. Again, we'll be here, and uh, we look forward to that. Until then, make sure you tune in tomorrow morning. My wife and I will be bringing forth a a word of encouragement again tomorrow. And uh, then we have a schedule right through every day of the week, right through until uh, next Sunday again. God bless you. Make sure you tune in next Saturday to the National Day of Prayer that Barry was referencing. Uh, Make sure you do that. And uh, thank you for being with us today. God bless you. Have an amazing week in him being his hands and his feet to the world. God bless you. Amen.